There's nothing like taking a little break in between segments. True. Oh, okay. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you, dude. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck your ass. Fuck you. You're a shit. Fuck you. This is good radio right here. Fuck you. <sighs> All that and more on this, today's episode. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to Insert Name Here. It's a podcast about nothing for nobody. If you take it seriously, you're redacted. Let's start the show. What's up? Hello, and welcome to Insert Name Here. It's a podcast about nothing for nobody. If you take it seriously, you're redacted. I'm your co-host, Doug Bennett. I'm your other co-host, Seth Nacho. How's it going, everybody? Uh, Ignore the intro. Oh, Doug's just trying to fucking rile me up. Yeah, Seth's being a little turd because he's got secret secrets. Never fun. (laughs) What the hell? I said I'd tell you it! (laughs) Yeah, but if you can't tell our listener family, who can you tell? Uh, you. And you went that tracks. <laughs> yeah. You didn't have I, to say fuck you, though. My stance is the same. Well, now I don't know if I want to tell you. <laughs> Anywho. Uh-huh. I'm How are you doing, man? Fucking exhausted. Yeah, are you? Yeah. It's been a long weekend for you. It has been a literal long weekend. Uh, didn't have any fun. You didn't? Not even shooting the gun? Nah, I'm kidding. There you was enjoyed shooting the there gun. There was a lot of fun to be had. There was even a little gun to be had. I had a long night, but I did have fun for part of it. Yeah, well, it is there always darkest that before fun. the dawn, so yeah, that doesn't surprise me very much. Okay, buddy. So, <clears throat> darkest before the dawn. Every ending is some other. Every beginning is some other beginning's end. Okay. Something about doors and windows and and God. Something about you can't stay here, but you got to go home. You know, that song was actually about the birth of his child. Really? Mm-hmm. And, um... Yeah, they were over... How do you say... The opposite of overstaffed, when they're overpatiented. Understaffed? I guess. You Busy? You be understaffed. Busy. Too many patients. Flooded. Too many cooks! <laughs> and uh, they were like, uh, buddy, you don't gotta go home, but you gotta take this newborn and, uh get your wife out really of that wasn't about last call it was about an actual like a baby yeah and uh yeah, that's just how the 90s was was you had to do the metaphor the right. simile analogy type thing yeah that's the 90s for you doing metaphors nowadays olivia rodriguez just tells you like it is yeah maybe she'll throw in an antonym here and there um but it means a different thing these days right yeah, it's freaking common core. Usually says got. <laughs> uh, in other big news of the week, right? So big news of the week. Is yeah, you're sticking out your gat for the Rizzler. You're so skibbity. You're so phantom tax. I just want to be your signal. <laughs> you're really gonna do the whole song? I want you to know that uh, I know what phantom tax is now. You know, it took a long time to learn, and it is actually. Mm-hmm. Do you have you you know? I know. I just explained it to you. Now we, we both know. No, I actually know what it is. Yeah, it's this streamer named Phantom, and every time he went out to eat with people, he would always take a bite of food off of their right. place and call it the Phantom Tag. Right. He would like, I think it was like usually Kai, the big streamer. Yeah. But that's the big news of the week. Don't you have any other big news? Oh. It's literally a meme. A meme is big news of the week. No, I do have one serious story. As a judge decided on Thursday, October 19th, that the declaration of bankruptcy on behalf of Alex Jones will not stop him from being responsible in paying out $1.1 billion uh, to the families of the Sandy Hook, of the Sandy Hook tragedy. Yeah. Wow. Based off of uh, what he said and his conduct during said trial. Personally, I think that's bullshit. How, uh, crazy that... Uh... That misinformation can get you sued for $1.1 billion. All I did was spread a little fake news. I mean, so we should be able to get Hillary for a lot of money. Well, the thing is, right, is a lot of why they're dropping the hammer so hard on Jones isn't the misinformation in and of itself. Well, it's because he made made people believe that it really was fake. But he... uh, 
he always stressed that he was a bit of a character and a reasonable actor should be able to tell that when someone's screaming about psychic vampires and energy demons that it's fake right why they're slapping it down so hard on him is there was one or two times where he did literally encourage it just like being drunk on his stream sure as a self-publisher he can do that and then uh what else was it? But I don't think he publishes oh, yeah. anymore. Oh, yeah. Every step of the way, he bungled the legal aspects of everything. Like, he behaved so poorly that he handed away all these extra judgments. Like... Right. If he had kept his mouth shut and behaved... If he had broken character for court, he'd probably be fine. Yeah. So... I don't think he can break character. Yeah, and, probably not. I think he's a little autistic. He's probably that far gone. Yeah. But, um, he's, he's, he's fully into that character. It, it just blew me away how one individual who has never had that much money in their life can somehow be judged to uh, be responsible for that amount of money in payouts. But uh, also, There's no way he's ever going to pay it out. Also, does he kind of deserve it? Yeah, I mean, but that, that was the biggest news You're, story. You have mixed opinions. I think, I mean, Sandy Hook was real for me, so... I'm not spreading any misinformation. I'm just saying. Hey, how about that big question, brother? Yeah, I know, but you know what I mean. Like, you know, Alex Jones, RIP, that bankruptcy is not working out for you, is it? <laughs> um, yeah. You ready for a big question of the week? Huh? <laughs> oh, my God. Um, okay. So let's say you had like a mini cloner in front of you and it cloned a 12-year-old version of yourself. Every minute it would clone a 12-year-old version of yourself. You had to kill them. You had, you had to kill the 12-year-old version of yourself and a new one would spawn every minute. So if you like didn't kill one for a minute, like you let it live, another one would come out. So you'd be fighting two in the scenario. How many do you think you could kill before you, you would get overtaken? Okay. Um, do I get prep time? I mean, not really. You could you could have a gun or a knife or something. No. Uh, so what I'm saying is, is like, does this cloner spawn out of like some dimensional rift right here and right now in this moment? How many twelve year old me's do I think I could kill in this moment? Yeah, you built this. You built this machine. You're like, here, here's the dacha. Watch me, watch <laughs> me beat up some twelve year old versions of myself. And I was just like, cool. And like we were drinking beer, and you started beating the shit out of them. Okay, well, if I had some prep time, which would mean hydrating, getting a good night's sleep, uh, my weapon of choice would be a fully sharpened machete, uh -huh. and then I would kind of, like, just, like, learn where the exact spot my neck is going to spawn. What if... I think if I was... If that was the way I could get the scenario, yeah. I think I wouldn't get tired until about 19 of them. And then 19? Would, and then I would start to struggle, and they'd probably overtake me by the time I had killed the 28th one. Um, do you, what if you didn't have a weapon? If I didn't have a Bare weapon? Bare hands. That depends on how fast these counters break. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say conservative estimate five. And you didn't necessarily have to kill them. You could like punch them and like, or something like really hard and it would like make them, I guess, knocked out unconscious. Oh, so they have HP? Yeah, something like that, I guess. Okay. Well, if we're going the HP strategy... Um, bare knuckles. I think yeah. I think we're getting like twenty five, thirty easy. <laughs> nice. Okay. Okay. Yeah. See, I'm thinking I could probably like if, if in that scenario, HP scenario. I guess I could probably do like fifty, <laughs> like at least fifty. Although I don't know, I was a pretty chunky kid. I might be able to take some hits. <laughs> the, there's like a strategy though. You could like knock someone out in the first couple seconds, so you have the rest of the minute to chill before the next one comes in. For sure. Or like if you want to chill for a minute, you could like let them pile up a little bit. But <laughs> that that can be rough. Let them pile up. The cod zombies strategies. Yeah, leave a crawler. <laughs> I got to loop them. That was not the. Thing that I ever expected. <coughs> Big question of the week. Yeah. <laughs> That's a little drunk at the frat chang. You don't like that big question? That was that, I saw that one on TikTok and I thought you would like it. No, I liked it. It was just not really in the wheelhouse. 
I've been in a wheelhouse once. I've been in a wheel well. They put me in a room. A rubber room. <laughs> <laughs> That's a wheelhouse. Uh, with, with rats. And rats make me crazy. Crazy. I was crazy once. Alright, anyway. Um, should we get down into brass tacks? Or like what? I mean, we may as well. But, um, yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, hold up. Yeah. Listen. One last big news of the week. This was reported on today. But apparently there's a guy who walked into an Air Canada like commercial airline hangar, managed to steal 400 kilograms of gold and 2 million dollars of cash. In a hangar? Yeah. What was all that doing lying around in a hangar? It was being transported to a Swiss bank. No, from a Swiss bank into a Vancouver currency exchange. So, like, a literal wealth transfer. Like somebody was getting their money. Yeah, exactly. But this guy just had, like, a forged piece of documentation and was like, yep, swear it's all good, bro. I got this from here. They're like, oh, okay, eh? Sorry about it, eh? <laughs> go ahead. Here, why don't you, why don't you go say hey to the, the moose while you're here, eh? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That's not how Canadians actually talk. But, um... Wild. Now, that's, uh, that's really the only other headline i'm looking at a list of headlines here and like too many of them are about israel and hamas and we already planted our flag on that issue uh i want to correct myself from last week i think i said hezbollah but it's hezbollah hezbollah is i think is the little dude yeah you know hezbollah is the is the terrorist group in lebanon doesn't sound like an important distinction but it is. I just want to make sure that I, I make myself clear that I don't think Hezbollah is that bad of a person. I don't really know him that well, but Hezbollah, bad terrorist organization. We Official stance of the pod, terrorism bad. Mm-hmm. Yep. Find another way to do it. <clears throat> yeah, I, there's like, I don't know how we transition out of that one. We just start talking about the review. I don't know. Okay, well, as you guys know, you're well aware. You're sick and tired of me hearing about it, pointing it out every week. Yeah, you do it every week with, like, the math. <laughs> this is season five, the season of reviews. And uh, this week we are once again doing an album. It's one that's near and dear to my heart. something I've been listening to constantly since high school. Uh, we're talking about a band called Four Years Strong and their 2007 release, Rise or Die Trying. Right. Yeah, 2007, huh? Wow, wow right? <clears throat> I didn't listen to this in 2007. I, I listened to this later. No, I, it was a little bit later for me as well. But back in the day, I used to find, and this is, this is how dated I am, I used to find music by going onto the digital iTunes storefront. Yeah, I was and there. And then cycling by genre. You're like, Mom, it's only seven ninety nine. Look, this album looks so cool, and plus it doesn't even have explicit. Which this album doesn't. And what it yeah, does, they just say hell a lot. Yeah, what it does have, I'm going to describe the cover of it real quick. It's got a bunch of robot sharks flying at a space squid, and two wizards are riding it. It's looking like they're all doing battle. Yeah, it, it, is, it is a cool album cover. It's also very late thousands hot topic. Yeah. It's very of the scene. No, yeah, like, the, these guys didn't really push the, uh, whatever the word is, push the wheel, I don't know, about when it comes to some of the emo trends. They did do one thing different, but in terms of, like, the titles of the songs and the album cover, it's very just what emo music was back then. <laughs> For sure. But, I mean, you know, they were they were one of the first, because 2007... You know, that's when it, that's when it, people were doing this stuff. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> this album did well enough and held enough significance in the scene that it got a 10th anniversary release <coughs> in 2017 that um, featured four bonus tracks that only ended up on international versions of the original 2007 album. Oh, cool. We're not going to talk about those today. Mm -hmm. they're, they're good songs, but I've always preferred the 07 cut. In, um, in terms of the production quality. See, I have a problem with that. I personally think, though, that... Uh, what is it? The, I guess, like... I personally think 2008 was, like, the best year for emo music. 
there's a lot of good albums that came out that year. But uh, 2007 is like the year before, so I mean, it's it's right in that time period, you know? Like, that's... This is like... I mean, the peak, scene, peak emo music. The scene was pretty good from like 06 to 2013. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. It was... It was it, if we're going to compare this to a trip, we are currently peaking. Yeah. And then it's going to hit... You're doing the... You compared to that kind of trip? I was just a bit like... This is like the golden age of emo. For sure. Um, speaking of peaking, its highest rating that it got on the Billboard charts, it debuted at number 31. So It was that, top 40? Mm-hmm. I did not expect <clears throat> this to ever be top 40. Pretty good for a group that's kind of off the beaten path considered to what American pop music was at the time. True. So yeah, they did some things that were different. One of which um, is different is the way that they do the dual vocals. The fact that they even have two vocalists is a little different. I mean, other bands have done that, but, like, these people are literally just vocalists. I don't think they play an instrument, right? No, they both play lead vocals and lead guitar. Oh, okay, they do play guitar, too, okay. But, yeah, there's two separate vocalists, and um, that's something, like, kind of interesting about it. They do a lot of screaming. Not screaming like more like uh they do oh, 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 like like a yelling gang. hollering type so, of gang vocals gang vocals I didn't want to say that and be wrong I'm glad you said it right on yeah <clears throat> so it has like this like hypeness to it because of the gang vocals like you know that's always a cool thing to add into a song yeah like usually that gets saved for like breakdowns and stuff but they at times almost use it as its own instrument type thing to augment a track and get the the point across. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's just overall really impressive. One of the things that drew me to this band is the dual vocalists. It's not just one guy always sings lead and one guy always sings harmony. They trade positions constantly. They do. While both also trading positions between lead and rhythm guitar. Did so, we did we see them live? Yeah, it was uh, when we went to the final year of Warped Tour. Yeah, we saw them live, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they uh, they have wicked beards. Yes. By the time that we had seen them, they had fully entered their Massachusetts beard era. Um, yeah. Um, some of the pictures of them from this era, not so much, but... Okay. But yeah, uh, also, this album, I think, was the last album their keyboardist played, right? Second to last. He did some work on the next album, which was Enemy of the World. But didn't he get fired or something? There was some sort of drama <clears throat> there. He essentially got fired because the the person who does most of the writing, I forget if it's Alan or whatever his name was, um, decided that he no longer wanted synth in the band's music. And the band kind of gave him carte blanche to be like, Josh, oh. Josh, you got to get out of here. So it wasn't even drama. It was just like, yeah, we don't want this instrument anymore. Bye. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, Jesus. I think the synth worked pretty well in the songs in this album. I really like that. It's one of the things that gives this album staying power for me. And, uh, you know, I'm going to have comments on that when we get, get there. That. Yeah. Understood. But those are some of my opening analysis and thoughts. Did right. You... I was going to say, yeah, what they did different about the dual vocalists and stuff, like you were saying. Um, also, this is some classic emo shit, like emo vocals, man. Like, you know, that's it's that good shit. Emo vocals is good shit. I love it. I personally like those melodies. It's usually in a minor key, I guess, or something. I don't know. But like, they sound a little bit whiny. Oh, it's so good. <clears throat> I, it's it, That's like the kind of music I would make, probably, if I was like a mel- doing melodies and stuff. Um, you reminded me. Uh-huh. That is one of the last things I wanted to note in the initial analysis is they get classified a lot of times as quote unquote easy core because they actually mostly write in major keys as opposed to most of their contemporaries who stuck to minor. Well, sure, I would yeah, their actual music, like the guitars and stuff is So that's one of major. the things that made them different. But like it's a major key, but like with them like talking about bullshit. Uh, yeah. Also, like I was saying, the titles do not matter. They do not match with the song at all. You know, just classic, I guess, in terms of emo music. Um, well, there's also there's, have there's you, one or two on here that I think match. Have you ever listened to Linkin Park? I tried so hard 
and gotten so far, but in the end, I couldn't really stomach it. You, you ever listen to Lincoln Park, bro? Yeah. Hold on, let me let me just find it real quick. I don't know. I, know, I think it's called Meteora. There's an album called Meteora. It's their second album in Lincoln Park, I believe. Uh, Lincoln Park's good. I never got into them, but yeah, I never Meteora. hated them being on. Right, but all I'm saying is, is that that album really all sounds the same. And this album all sounds the same to me. Like, every single song is like, oh, which song am I listening to? Like, what's what's on right now? Interesting that you say it's, that. It's just like all the music sounds the same. And then the... You said you like the production. I think that the... Uh, what's it called? The um, mixing is bad. It sounds like I'm at a live concert, and I can't tell what the person's saying. Like, I have no idea what the lyrics are in these songs. For the most part. A lot of the times, that's not even the point, but I can it, see what you're saying. Like, are you saying that it's because the voice is, like, you were saying it's kind of like an instrument. So I right. guess it blends in with the other instruments. One of the things I like the most about this group is that they're making really good noise. Okay, it's just about the noise. Okay. okay. Yeah. There's, there's one song. There, there was a terrible breakdown in one song, but I'll get to it. We'll get to it. Okay. There's a there's like literally only one song on this album where I'm like, I actually really like these lyrics. There's only one song on this album where I'm like, I really like this song. <laughs> Damn dog. <laughs> no, the other ones are okay. Like, I, 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 this one's like, I this one would go on the playlist. Okay. And it's always been like that for me. I've I've always liked this song since I've heard this album. Anyway. Right. Let's get into it. Let's 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 dive in, right? First first uh track. I'm gonna say first two tracks. Oh, because the first one doesn't really count, I guess. Yeah. I mean it counts, but it doesn't all really count. It, I like the beginning though. So the first track is kind of an intro, it's the takeover or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the church bells into the siren is just like, what is happening? Like is this a is this an air raid on a fucking cathedral? Like what's happening? But it um now it gives me big like Friday Night Lights vibes. What? <laughs> the, the church bells? Well, yeah, church maybe, bells. Maybe football. That, maybe that's really specific to our high school. How the football team would always run out to Hell's Bells. Yeah, maybe so. And, like this. Also, um, big news of the week: Bama won, so that's cool. Nice. Against Tennessee, they lost last year. Roll so. Tide. Sorry to interrupt with that. Anyway. No, it's important to put the middle finger up to the orange and white. Yeah, fuck Tennessee, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, 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 very short song, but intros kind of... It gets you in the mood. They announce the their presence. They're like, hey, it's time, like, we're here, we're making noise. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. And then <clears throat> that very last chord progression transitions directly into prepare to be digitally so, manipulated. So, like, in the last album we reviewed last week, the transition here is on point like that. It goes... It, you you don't... It, the songs flow into each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still confused about the imagery of the church bells and the siren. I don't... It doesn't seem like you have an explanation for that, so... Okay, so the specific lyric, this is your last warning, we're going straight on till morning, both of those things are things that are used to warn people. Air raid sirens and church bells. Oh, okay. So, like, so that's, you think that's their what presence, it is? And then they're literally saying, this is your last warning. Gotcha. And straight on to warning is ironic because this is only a half hour long album. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Feels a little longer. It feels longer to me. Uh, no shade. Um, feels I, longer. I did note here... There's like 12 tracks on this album or something. Right? 11. 11. I did know here that the lyrics aren't the deepest, but they're relatable in like a late thousands relationship bullshit kind of way. And uh, this is like... Which right one at, are you on? Digitally? Track two, digitally, yeah. yeah. And um, I said, also, right out of the gate, we, get a, we actually get a breakdown on this track, and it's not even a bad one. Yeah, this one I don't think was offensive. Um, it's called Prepare to be Digitally Manipulated, which they don't reference in the song, I don't think. But in terms of, like, as the title, it's like, yeah, I get it. Like, I'm, I'm listening to this album, and I'm about to hear things. And they're definitely following the Fallout Boy trend with these naming conventions. 
Is that Fallout Boy that started that? Because I think it's Yoda's a lot. Look at like the name of the songs don't match anything in the song. Well, Fallout Boy beat them there, I think. Fallout Boy might be the original. E- either them or My Chemical. Oh God, yeah, okay. But uh, the original emo icons, right? But yeah, nothing super offensive here. Very listenable. Nice little breakdown, and. I'm going to start sounding repetitive, but this is where I like the production of the album because the first four tracks, or technically three based on my consideration system, um, they all transition into each other. Right. I do like the next two tracks. They're pretty good. So this one is Abandon Ship or Abandon All Hope. Yeah. Uh, No nautical themes at all. No. And it's about like a woman, I think. Yeah. So I'm just confused as hell. Most of this album is just like, I'm learning how to process relationships. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this one reminds me of a band that I do like. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah, because there's a band I like called Abandon All Ships. They're, they're a screamo band. Honestly, that might be a reference to them. I don't think so. Just like a nice little shout out. It could be, but I doubt it. I don't think I don't know when their first album came out. I'd be curious to ask them. But, but anyway... Uh, I said, only notes here was... One of my favorite choruses on the album. It does often end up on my playlists. Yeah. So. I mean, I don't know. The song's decent. The song's pretty good. Abandon All Ships or Abandon All Hope. I like it. I mean, it's a lot of noise coming at your face. (laughs) Which is what this band does best. Um, Uh, Especially if you get further into their discography. Like, they move closer and closer to noise than they do to anything else. See, when I listen to some of their later stuff because like I'd finish the album and then another song would come on from them I felt like the mixing got better and I could actually understand the vocals I mean that's true so maybe I'm thinking that like because this one's older it's just not as polished I think a lot of it was produced by like their friends and didn't really have label polish on it like their next few did but it's like like you ever go to like a concert you know you've been to a concert and like the vocals are another instrument, basically. So, like, you're almost, like, trying to struggle to listen to them while the, while the everyone's playing and stuff. Yeah, unless you're wearing ear protection like a responsible concert goer. How would you... Well, even then, you'd still be struggling to hear them because they all blend in with everything else. It makes a huge freaking difference, my guy. Okay. As long as you have good ones. Like, foamies, I agree, but... Anyway, the transition on this next one into the track four, I think is really cool. Because, like, you hear somebody breaking bottles, and then someone goes, Are you ready? And then they kick in to the uh, song, Heroes Get Remembered, Legends Never Die. Could you do that again? You ready? (laughs) You ready? Breaking a bottle into you? What does that mean? How does that go with you ready? You hear somebody breaking a beer bottle. Yeah, are they, like, doing a Molotov or something? What's happening? What am I ready for? They're partying. What am I ready for? Oh, they're partying. It's very live music. Like you said... This is, like, where you're actually making a point here. But, um, no. Huh? (laughs) Did you just poly me? I did, yes. Gabagoo! (laughs) Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in! Been a while since we did that pod meme. Um, But this one's called Heroes Get Remembered, Legends Never Die. This is the only time on the album that I find the lyrics, like, super relevant to the title of the song. And it comes from the chorus, which... What did I say about that? What did you say about that? Could you give me a snippet? I didn't say anything about the chorus on this one, but, um... In terms of getting remembered and never dying... (laughs) The song's about camaraderie and just sticking with each other no matter what. Against all odds. Um, it's my favorite breakdown on the album. Yeah, this one's solid. The song's solid. And I just find it to be super catchy. I really like the line. Sad enough to say that alone I could barely light a match. But together, we could burn this place down. Yeah, this song and the song before it, Abandon All Ships, or All Hope. I think they're like one, two of their like really popular songs, right? For sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, this one's pretty solid. Yeah, the only one that outdoes this one for this album in terms of views is track eight, which yeah, we'll get probably my favorite one. I think it's that one. Yeah, um, good. 
Next track is going to be called Wreck Them, Damn Near Kill Them. Which is a, a classic line from a joke. <laughs> do you know the joke? It probably has something to do with anuses. Do you know the joke? No. Would you like to hear it? Would you like to tell it? Yeah, I would like to. All right, then. It's okay. one of my dad's favorite jokes. Then I would love to hear it. L- little Johnny was quite the daydreamer in class, okay? Oh, this is a little Johnny. Yeah, little Johnny was quite the daydreamer, and he's, he's just, he likes to look out the window in class. And this is like happening in the early 1900s, okay? So, little Johnny one day was looking out, looking out the window, and like the teacher would always get onto him, okay? But so he's looking out the window, and he just sees a horse and buggy and a car, and the car hits the horse and buggy, like rear ends it, and the uh, and he's like, "Oh my God, teacher, the <laughs> this car just hit this horse in the ass," and. She goes, little Johnny, we don't say ass. We say rectum in this class. And little Johnny said, rectum? It nearly killed him. Oh, I was so close. If only I had said ass instead of anus, I would have, that would yeah. have been a much better riff. Yeah, so that's the title of this ho- of this song is the punchline of that joke. Yeah. Uh, for me, mm-hmm. one of the strengths of this track, I find it to be one of the best choruses. Um, this sounds less like them than a lot of their other music to me. I would say it's more like a newfound glory kind of vibe, which I don't know if you're familiar with that band at all. Not too familiar. I've heard something about them. <clears throat> yeah, uh, this one, not, uh, nothing special. Yeah. Right yeah. on. Um, for number six, we move on to what is probably one of the worst, well, it, it's rough going from here on out. And yeah. I'm saying that as this being one of my favorite albums. Is this Catastrophe? Mm-hmm. This one's kind of lame. I said this one is technically proficient and within the group's wheelhouse, but it feels whiny and bland somehow. This one is honestly always a skipper for me. I want you to know I didn't skip any of the songs. I listened to all of them straight through. Okay. Well, I appreciate none, that. None of them are that bad. But uh, Catastrophe was one of those ones where I was just kind of like, okay, I'm, this is background music. <laughs> Right on. Um, but they make up for it right away with Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Hell. Okay, and this is the one that has a terrible breakdown on it. It's <laughs> awful. It is god-awful, dude. It's like, hell, hell. And then it's like, na 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 Like, it's, uh, it's not you, good. You know what? You can... I respect your opinion. <laughs> to, 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 <clears throat> they're yeah. so good with the rhythm in that breakdown. The uh, the freaking say you it. I don't know. It's so good. Um, I don't know that big that breakdown. I just heard it a little bit ago, and it was not good to me. Um, uh, I would say though that the main strength of this song is the way they use melody, and this is where some of the synth work really starts to shine. Um, I'll also say. They use a lot of double bass. A lot, a lot of double bass. And like the, you know, it, it's the emo music. But it's like, their their version of what they're doing is very like upbeat mm-hmm. and major key like you were talking about. So it sounds different from like most of the other emo music of the time. It doesn't sound so much like a machine gun as it does a salvo. Whatever that means. It's just kind of, it's... It's it it is an interesting new sort of approach, but um, I don't know. Anyway, it's very it's what's the name of that type of thing where like you just go crazy with it? Is it thrash music? Am I thinking? Uh, thrash is characterized by like going as fast as possible. Right. Like I wouldn't say they're that far, but like you know these people are they're doing some. <laughs> They're yeah. really laying it down. Yeah, they're going. Like they're they're going, you know. So that's that song, and it leads me to what I would consider the best song on this album, "Bada Bang with a Pipe." Yeah, this is my favorite song on the album, and the one that I put on my playlist forever ago. Um, playlister for me as well. Um, this was what convinced me to check out the band in the first place because I heard this song on YouTube, and then I was like. What about the rest of this crap? This and, is... and I think this song is one of the best ones because it really shows off the dual vocalists. And they, this is the band at its best. The guitar work, 
the synth line really shines here. It does. Uh, the dual vox go nuts. And what really, at this point, after listening to this album for freaking 15 years, <laughs> my favorite thing about it is those vocals. Like, you, you just, how do you come up with that? God gives that to you, and then you just have to deliver it to the people. Right. Some sort of inspiration. That and the fact that every chunk of the song feels, if you isolate it, they should, they don't seem like they're in the same song. And the fact that they merge all of those chunks into like just four minutes of awesomeness is super admirable. And at some of my lowest points, it's inspired me to keep making music until I ended up retiring. But maybe that's, that's maybe, a story for a different pod. Maybe this is because uh, this song is just like written well. Like it's, it's got a good song structure to it. And maybe that's why I like it also. As opposed to some of the other ones that don't feel like they have that same kind of strong, strong structure. That's why I like Pierce the Veil a lot. is because their song structures are really cool. Also, you know? Vic Fuentes is hot. I don't even know what he looks like. I just know he sounds good. He sounds good. Why are you laughing? I mean, it's cool. Like, are you are you coming out again? Is that... No. Guys, Twitter, guys on Twitter, stop calling him gay, please. Stop it. It's not funny no. anymore. <laughs> Um, I'm just busting your balls, kid. <laughs> just busting your balls. But yeah, Bada Bing with a Pipe. Definitely recommend everyone listen to that song. Mm -hmm. I like that song a lot. And now, when you talk about song structure, this is where this album starts to fall apart for me. Um, as we get into track nine, Beat Down in the Key of Happy. Yeah, this one is kind of lame, but I mean, you know, I, I more relationship bullshit. Yeah, I think the only part of this song that I do actually like is the chorus. I mean, it's more of that major key to going crazy, you know? Like, you, you hear it, you're like, oh, there's some sounds happening. <laughs> it's all right, though. So, you know, sometimes you put tracks on the album to fulfill your contract. I just feel like, this, that's what I meant by, like, it's like Meteoria or whatever on Lincoln Park. It just... This track and the the other track, Men Are From Mars, or whatever, just all these all these tracks sound the same to me. Um, I mean, they're different, right? Like, there's different melodies and stuff, but, like, I don't know. They're technically the different, but they're kind of the same. They're kind of the same. Um, speaking of kind of the same... Like, I wish they'd switch their sound up a little bit on different right. tracks. Whereas I think Bada Bing With A Pipe was kind of that. I think that was a switch up. Which is why it's the best song on the album. Right, and Abandon All Ships and the other one, uh, Heroes Are Remembered and Legends Never Die, is like good because it's when the sound was fresh. Mm -hmm. And the other ones are kind of like, okay, we've heard this before. It's starting to outstay its welcome. Yeah. Um, speaking of kind of the same, um, as we move into track 10, if he's here, who's running hell? Oh, God, yeah. I directly compare this to track 6, Catastrophe, where it's just kind of doing the whiny thing. I said, somehow it works here. Um, I said, I can't explain further than that, but this one also ends up skipped a lot. I didn't skip it, but yeah. And that, well, that comes from 15 years of listening to this album. Like, right, no, I got you. I'm just saying, like, yeah, it's... This one didn't do anything special. Yeah. And then, to me, the most offensive track on this album is going to be the final one, Maniacs, Rise or Die. Which is what Rod stands for. I didn't know that. Okay, but yeah, this one definitely was the most offensive. <laughs> yeah, I said it's definitely more conceptual than the rest of the album. Um, okay. Almost always a skipper. And what makes it offensive to me is it kind of seems to almost directly rip off one of my other favorite bands, Set Your Goals. I haven't heard of them. Yeah, they do... I mean. <clears throat> they do like similar tempos and rhythms to Four Years Strong, but they don't do the happy core bullcrap. And yeah. they're a lot more political. Like they don't do like the relationship songs. They're like, you can't let the government brainwash you. <laughs> it's kind of like how we like enter Shikari. Right. Yeah. Oh, golly. It's been a long time since I thought of those boys. Yeah. Well, even then, like their other albums aren't political, but that one album that we like is political and awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, um, yeah, this song was definitely, I was like, okay, what am I listening to now? 
I mean, it was in theme with the rest of the album, I guess. You know, it it was more. It was sounded like the song before it. You know, but like I said, I couldn't really get too many lyrics out of this album. I don't really know what the songs were about. <laughs> I tried, Fair but they, they all sounded like guitars. <laughs> that part of the appeal, brother. Um, yeah, but, I yeah. think this last this last set of three, they all probably should have just been their own EP. Because you like, so you like the first four tracks, in, which includes the takeover in this scenario, right? Yeah, out of the first eight, the only one that I strongly dislike is track six, Catastrophe. And then these yeah. last three, I'm like... Yeah, and then 9, 10, 11, you're like, yeah, okay. So this is this is one of your favorite albums, but it's like, you skip the last three, and then you might skip Catastrophe. So you yeah. like the majority. Exactly. You like seven out of 11. <laughs> Seven Eleven. Hey, but uh, it was an inside. It was a part time job. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. When you put it like that, that's gonna make my rating seem really facetious. Yeah, because my rating is gonna be <laughs> not really that bad. But you know, yeah, I'm sure it is. Is there anything? Any concluding thoughts you want to talk about the album? Uh, so wrap up thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, although it is their second album, right? This is their second album, isn't it? I think this was an incredible way to establish themselves because, one, they still have a career to this day. They do. Uh, two, they accomplish something that a lot of artists don't accomplish, which is having the majority of the songs on your album be good. <clears throat> they, <coughs> furthermore, they even had multiple standout songs. Usually you're lucky if you have, like, one single. Um, yeah. You know, um... A lot of this is nostalgia for me. Right. But totally. You um, you liked this album a long time ago. But uh, even revisiting it in current year at current age, I'm like, yeah, this this goes. I like this. Um, For me, for me, uh, this is kind of NFM, personally, except Bada Bing with a Pipe. But I will say this is like, like I said, representative of that emo time peak emo like you know like, and this was something that was different from what other people were doing so it was cool it was like a fresh there's like a fresh feel to this especially back then right. nowadays it might not feel as fresh like compared to like stuff you've heard now but back then this was like new like this double mm-hmm. vocal the gang vocals being prominent yeah you know this was and also their their style with the major key and stuff this was like newer and it was like hype you know, like the, the uh, this wasn't like sit in your room and I do self harm music. <laughs> I, I'm trying to think of a PC way to say that. That is the exact PC way to yeah, say I that. Yeah, I was I was about to say like actually what's happening, but yeah, self harm. But like, don't do self harm, obviously. But like, this isn't the kind of emo music you would do that to. This is like you know banging in the car mm-hmm. at a party, maybe. Oh yeah. This is like fun emo music, and like I said, the emo vocals. I always have a I always have a soft hot spot in my heart for those kind of vocals with like the whininess, like that catastrophe song. It, yeah, you said it's whiny, but like that's what emo music's <laughs> supposed to be, you know. You know, well, I guess we don't have enough time to go into the full lecture of the history of the emo subgenre. But uh, I I spent way too much time on the internet learning all about bands like American Football and Fugazi. Yeah, I don't even know about that. I you know uh, one of our favorite bands and by fair band they have one album that we like broadway those that's a very representative emo to me dude i've written a brand new day it's easier when you're going the right way yeah that that that's some real like emo shit to me and i mean also the vocals are really high so you know these are not as high you know you could sing this one you could sing along to this <laughs> one but what i'm saying is is that uh you know it, it, i always like that sound you know one of my favorite bands is Silverstein, Correct. which is an emo band, and they're good. Although they've kind of transitioned away from emo somewhat, not fully, but they're kind of more alternative now. And the same thing happened with this band. I couldn't tell you because I stopped listening to them. I mean, I it's, like, kind of, it's kind of like Asking Alexandria. They've become kind of alternative too. So, And uh, Of Mice and Men, I think, are kind of like that too now. Are you thinking of... Bring me the horizon, actually. Of mice and men. 
Well, because they're I know, featured I thought... on they're featured on uh, uh, what are they called? What's that serious radio station called? Octane a lot. Okay. And that's like hard rock, so like. Uh, but I guess they kind of put screamo shit on there now, so. Yeah. It's just the last time I checked in, I thought Austin Carlisle had fallen off. So. I this need... is a year or two ago. I'm not sure if they're still relevant. Gotcha. This might be like a couple years ago that I I remember seeing them on the radio. But yeah, they held a unique space and. They opened the way for similar bands. Yes. Think like All Time Low, Chunk No Captain Chunk. Oh, All Time Low hadn't come out yet. They got more popular after Four Year got popular. Yeah, because All Time Low is like punk pop. It's not really emo. I mean, I guess it is emo, but it's punk pop. You know yeah, I mean? Wikipedia has these listed as easy course slash punk pop. So Really? I don't. I think of this more hardcore than punk pop. You know what I mean? Hey, I'm just telling you what I read on Wikipedia. No, no, I'm saying, but do you agree with me? No, no. You think it's more punk pop? They definitively exist, this album, within the specific, the hyper-specific micro-genre of easycore. Right, but do you think this is... And it's also pop punk. Do you think this is an example of pop punk? Yes. Um, I guess I get a different vibe because it's a little more heavy to me. Yeah, well, if you check out their album of 90s covers, they do a... They show their virtuosity there. I I don't think we have time to go over that. Yeah, no. But All Time Low is really good. I like All Time Low. Oh, true. I got your picture. I'm coming with you. I like Weightless a lot. Oh, my God. Is that you? No. No. Okay, anyway. Baby's phone is here somewhere with the C-Bat buzz tone. Oh, (laughs) C-Bat. I just can't imagine fucking to that. (laughs) If I wasn't dedicated to the exact stroking rhythm, maybe... If it was at the Dark Carnival and we were both in face paint. Right. <laughs> Couple of juggalos <laughs> hanging out with our hatchets out. I'm going to reiterate that that song makes me think of space clowns. <laughs> really? Okay. I've uh, said that on air like three times. Yeah. Should we uh, give a final rating? Absolutely. Am I first or you first? I think I need to go first with this one because it's going to be funnier to end with the... Definitely lower score. <laughs> okay, you first, buddy. So all things considered, and this may be informed by nostalgia, but I think this is technically proficient and unique within its era. Um, the album means a lot to me, but I also think it's really good, and that's why it's rocking in at a, after 15 years, a 9.3 out of 10. Whoa! Fuck! 9.3! You got them rose-colored goggles on, bro. Apparently. Yeah, geez louise. Alright, well, Rise or Die Trying. An album by Four Years Strong. A band that was unique at the time. And didn't really have that much to say. Um, I'm going to say this album uh, is not really a classic to me. I guess like it's a classic in terms of like what the music was like back then. But in terms of like what it had to say, what it really did for the genre is kind of, eh, you know, it, it did something, but it wasn't like, you know, the most influential album ever or anything. You don't hear like a bunch of bands sounding like this nowadays, but it is a unique sound and I'll give it that. Um, and Bada Bing With A Pipe is such a good example of what they did right. Um, but yeah, uh, overall, I think this album kind of blends together. When I'm just listening to it in the car, I'm like, what song is even on right now? What's happening? I'm going to go like a 6.5 out of 10. You know what? That is way better than I thought you were going to say. Mm-hmm. You were, you were, it sounded like you were lining up a 4.4. Four, so. 4.4, four, what is that? 4.4 4 out of 10? No, no, no. I'm going to give it above a five. It's not like, it's not middle of the road. It's better than middle of the road, but it's, it doesn't, it's not like the best thing ever to me. Yeah, I would say six, five is fair. Six, five, and on a good day, a seven. Yeah, seven is more fair, but it's your score. It's my score. That's right. That's <laughs> what I think. So what, what, that, what that means is Doug is recommending the album to you. And what that means is I'm recommending Bada Bing with a pipe to you. <laughs> Single versus the whole shebang. Yeah, that's really what that is. Because I think that you can get the whole concept from that one song and be like, okay, yeah, this album's good. Or like, this band's pretty good. 
Um, as somebody who was a long-term fan of this band for their next two or three projects, yeah, I'll say a lot of the criticisms you had with this album do get alleviated. That's what it kind of sounded like to me. When I heard some of their other songs from later albums, I think it was from later album, the mixing sounded better. I could actually kind of hear the vocals. And I think they kind of <clears throat> changed up their instrumentation to not all sound the same right. to me. So yeah, that was good. I think, I, think they, I think they definitely probably got a little better. But I didn't really keep up with them because they weren't. They didn't do it for me like that. And no offense to you. Like, you're allowed to like what you like. Oh, no one's saying that I'm not. Yeah, because you didn't... I don't think you like Silverstein like I do. So, like, you know, you didn't... They were just up, off my radar. You so. didn't really keep up with their albums or anything, so... Yeah, them and, like... And Silverstein has, like, a similar sound to, like, this other band, Senses Fail. It was around that time, too. It's kind of a pop-punky emo. Like, it, like it's not pop-punk, but it, like, you know... Takes some inspiration from it. Yeah. They didn't anyway. stick with me, but I never complained when they were on, so... Right, right. But yeah, so I want you to know that you're perfectly valid in liking this band and this album. It's just an NFM. Hell yeah. I just, you know... Hell yeah. Also, way to jock my lingo. Well, I, I thought it was the pod lingo. That I that I already stole from a different podcaster. Is this only your lingo now? Is it, Can it not be pod lingo? No, nah, dude, I'm being a third as a joke. What, you are? Yes, you're kidding. You just took it seriously. Did I? Oh my god, Kappa. Wee wee Redacted. Okay, buddy. I'm, over, no, here, I'm over here clearly joking back with you. <laughs> and you're like, you're doing you. You are not following me the next layer down. <laughs> I'm going even further, buddy. I'm, this is what it's like to go even further beyond. <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, I wonder if anyone out. got that reference. Anyway, go ahead. In all seriousness, shouts out to Matt McCoster. You gave me like one of my favorite phrases that I use in everyday life. <clears throat> Shouts out to Four Year Strong. You've been giving Doug a boner for the past 15 years. <clears throat> Speaking of people we admire, when are we finally moving on? When are we biting the bullet and moving to Austin? <laughs> Never. Come on, it's the podcasting capital of America. That town is liberal as hell. Just why they need us to liberate it. It's also like getting expensive, I feel like, to live there. Oh, it's, it would... it's where a lot of people from like California moved. Yeah, it would be completely unfeasible if we don't move our entire friend group with us. <laughs> We'd have to all live in together. Content yeah. house. No, see, once I blow up, bro, we're going to get the content house, okay? <laughs> or once we blow up, whatever happens first, yeah. we're going to get the content Real house. chicken or egg type Cause, deal. Because what I'm saying is I'm taking my boys with me, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I'm bringing Lou down. Lou's going to live in the content house. Oh, fuck yeah. We're going to be streaming and doing all kinds of stuff. It's going to be great. Oh, we're going to be America's Sidemen. And once we get tired of each other, we'll, we'll just keep living together anyway. Yeah. Or we could take the alternative route of fake drama for clicks. Right. No, we could do that. Yeah. That would be awesome. <laughs> like, oh, Doug pissed in my shorts. And then there's a whole YouTube video about it. <laughs> like, bro, th my shorts smell like piss. What'd you do to them? I just barred him for like a day. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Um, Doug's a pimp, and that's not what you think it means. <laughs> Seven and a half minutes into the video, it's the acronym for, yeah, that's right, Doug pissed in my pants. <laughs> yeah, pissed in my pants. That's what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> I was coming up with it. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah, but I do think a content house would be pretty fucking sick. I mean, we've already got the mansion, but, like, we need, like, a smaller one. That way, it's, you know, we're closer. At the bare minimum, a studio. Right. You know what I've always been really jealous of since he started it? Critical has a content warehouse. So does Jimmy. Right. Like, whew, imagine getting that big. I mean, I would just be happy to have a house where each we had our own rooms and we could stream in our rooms. And then, at the same time, we could still record the podcast. Or something, you know, something nice. Yeah. Have a sick pool, have sick pool parties. Oh my gosh. Pool party, more like pool smarty. And like the content... Jackbox hot tub streams. And, and the content house doesn't even have to be like in an area where like a lot of people are. We could just have our own little place. <laughs> right. 
and like somewhere that's cheaper to live. <clears throat> hey, as long as it's somewhere that has real nice long lines so I can drop gear and disappear when I get my street bike. Right. Uh, do you want to... Would you want to call for parting shots? Well, that's your job, but it sounds like you Wait, just did no, that. you told me you're the one that initiates it the other week. Okay. And, but I'm the one that I call for it, and then you say, yep, we're doing it, or something, which is weird, but... I feel like we should have an equal give and take here. Parting shots. Is that a Zelda reference? That was Mario, dude. That was Mario, wasn't it? But close. Is that is that when he grabs the flag? Yeah. Yeah. Same era. They they don't do that one anymore, I don't think. No. Um as always, check out the Twitch baby. Twitch.tv slash Seth underscore nacho four one one. Hop in the chat, he will talk to you. That's Tuesday nights in DVD. Yeah, live on Tuesdays. Do come check it out. Even if you're not, like, really wanting to talk too much, that's fine. Doug came in the other day because I forced him to. Just because my mom was worried about him. (laughs) And uh, he, you know, he dropped in, gave a chat or two, and I think lurked or left or whatever. And that's totally fine. I'm happy to see you there, honestly. Uh, Parting shots is you know emo music i really liked it it was really good and i feel like it's what kind of influenced me to like rap which i know is like a hard like it's like what are you talking about but i feel like the beat downs uh, breakdowns sorry and emo music is what led to my love of the beats and rap music like when i transitioned like when I, my music taste transitioned from emo music to rap music and it was like it just made sense at the time because of the beats and stuff, I think. That actually makes dumb sense because, especially considering like that mid to late 10s era of SoundCloud yes. rap, which itself was influenced by emo. Right. And nowadays, now they got those emo rappers, but most of them are dead now. But but their, their music goes hard. Like, it's good. Like, it's like kind of that emo sound, but with rap. Yeah, shouts out to X. Mm-hmm. And uh, Juice. And... Unpopular opinion, I guess. I don't know. Little peep. Whew. It sucks that we were able to immediately name three. I really like all three of them. (laughs) Yeah. Although I don't like what they're doing with Juice. They're like making new music, and I'm like, how is this being made? Well, he spent dumb time in Stu, so there's probably just an art. Same thing that happened with Michael Jackson. There's just like an archive of stuff that he never released. Yeah. Yeah, but even then, I don't know. I and like, then if he was, like, under a label contract... I, I support the actual releases he did, that he had over supervision on. Facts. Anyway, you know me. It's your boy, Doug Bennett, a.k.a. Gagoblin Gagool. Gagoblin Gagool! Um, somewhere in one of these bios, I'm gonna link my TikTok, because I seem to like posting there a lot more than anywhere else right now. Uh, get your little... Check bit. out... <coughs> Sorry. Check out Captain Goblin Ghoul, right? I think so. Isn't that your name on TikTok? I haven't checked it. I think it is. Which is why I said, I'm going to check it and then put it somewhere. It's Captain Goblin Ghoul. Check him out. He makes little funny little TikToks. And like, for some reason, they're a minute fucking long. But (laughs) check him out anyway. It's for the algo. That's why they're a minute long. Okay. But um, yeah, I can't say anything else. But what would I want to leave you with? Once again, it's back to reading season. Nothing better than wrapping up in a blankie. And reading a nice good book. I finished the entirety of Halo The Fall of Reach this weekend. Did you really? Yeah. Cranked out a nice 340 uh, pages, by the way. And also, apparently Halo has legitimate lore to it. And it's not just shoot grunt, shoot berserker, shoot elite. So, uh, yeah, reading's cool. Uh, You don't have to just read sci-fi. Read something you want to read, even if it's Harry Potter again. Yeah, I guess. But I want to thank you for your patience and sticking with us in this non-technical musical analysis of an album that we have both technically listened to. (laughs) Non-technical, technically an analysis, but it's non-technical, whatever you said. (laughs) Yep. And with that, as always, what I want you to do is drink enough water, get enough sleep, and most importantly, kiss me with your ass. Head under water, and you tell me 
to breathe easy for a while. The breathing gets harder, even I know that. Made room for me, it's too soon to see if I'm happy in your hands. I'm unusually hard to hold on to.